Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into the cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. I'm Connor Swalm, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Gone Fishing. I'm your host, Connor, the CEO at FinSecurity, and I'm joined once again by the amazing Dustin Bolander, two-time MSP owner, cyber insurance expert, and a man of many hats and few talents, even though we don't see any hats on his head right now. Dustin, how are you doing? Pretty good. How about you, man? I'm doing amazing. Folks, if you haven't watched the previous two episodes, Dustin talked a ton about lessons he learned in his first MSP and now with his second MSP, Clear Guidance Partners. He's also in cyber insurance and in his own words, it's not that he is a foot in both camps. He is fully in the cyber insurance camp. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about cyber insurance, specifically concept of the fox watching the hen house. So I'm assuming that is the cyber insurance carriers get to decide if they're doing a good job. Is that yeah, That's and they're they're, uh, they're competing uh, uh, with us on the MSP side more and more on a daily basis. Uh, there's actually a couple out there that have gone and bought MSPs, MSSPs. Uh, and then right now we're seeing uh, three major carriers are offering managed detection response services now and you know actively soliciting their policyholders for it. So fun, fun little story on my MSP is... Somehow, I got listed as the security contra- uh, contact on a MSP customer's insurance. So the carrier reached out to me and said, hey, we'd love to get you on a call as a blah, blah, blah policyholder. You know, you now are entitled to uh, buy our MDR service. Okay, great. So I replied back to the guy and I said, hey, this seems like a little bit of a conflict of interest that, you know, if you guys fail on MDR and then you're doing the claim, to your point, you know, it's the fox watching the hen house. Uh, and this was, Connor, this is one of my favorite emails I've ever gotten back. Sir, I assure you there's no conflict of interest here. Um, your policy is with Carrier Insurance Co. Uh, we are Carrier Name Security Incorporated. Like they just set up a different business name, but with the same carrier name. And so I wrote the guy back and it's like, so clearly there was a conflict of interest. He never replied. But um, I doubt you'll ever get a reply. <laughs> <laughs> Move on to the next one. But yeah, so uh, from that perspective, uh, there's, you know, they're offering these services. Um, they're pushing them aggressively. But then on the other hand is they're also sitting there saying, you know what, you know, MSPs are a danger. Um, who's your MSP? You know, these are a threat. But it's like, guys, you're, you're halfway to being an MSP. You're offering, uh, some of them are doing security awareness training now. Some of them are offering an MDR, things like that. Um, all the way to the point of buying full MSSPs, like, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. I don't know that it will get better, but like you think you don't see that in other insurance, right? Um, your auto insurance is not like, Hey man, we're going to come, you know, monitor, work on your car, that sort of thing. It's like, no, when an incident happens, we're here for you. So cyber is its own little unique, interesting space. You think that'll evolve to cyber insurance carriers providing like full security and IT services that traditional MSPs do today? Yeah, there's a couple of them out there already. Um, and then you're starting to see that around, uh, you know, in, in our space, in the MSP industry, you're seeing some of these companies that are offering uh, policies that are complementary. Uh, most of them are just agencies, so it's more marketing fluff than substance. But uh, there's one out there, if you want to go see, to me, where it's kind of like the logical conclusion, it's called a Alpha Secure, E-L-P-H-A, like an elephant. 
uh, but they come in and so it's a here's a policy that also includes 24 by 7 MDR backups, um, security awareness training, VPN, and I forget the other thing. Like it's a full. You don't need IT. We as part of your policy, we provide all the stuff. Um, and I think we're going to see more stuff. They were really that first mover on that concept. Uh, I think we're going to see you know some more of that, and then sort of I'll call it a split in the market of these ones that are going after the MSBs. As and my words are not working, SMBs um, that are kind of that full comprehensive services. Uh, and then on the other side of it is that you know, hey, we're just insurance. We're made to work with the tools you already have. Uh, sort of, sort of two camps for the entire insurance industry. How do you see that like flushing itself out? Do you think there's a world where cyber insurance just continues to do that forever? Could they possibly do uh, the same job that the MSP is doing? Because um, at the end of the day, right? In my mind, what should an MSP approximate uh, trying to achieve? It's like the business outcome their clients want, which is usually I need to be secure and I need my stuff not to go down. Yep. Whereas I'd view the cyber insurance companies, if they were providing services like that, what would they be trying to incentivize and trying to get to? It's like, well, you know, like it's not security. It's that we technically satisfy the policy requirements and you believe we're doing a good job. Yeah. So uh, I, I said last time we talked that, you know, for a lot of the carriers, the, the insurance broker is functionally the customer, right? So yeah. it's like, how can I make that broker help them sell more stuff? So great, Connor, by buying this policy, you know, it includes these security services. It'll protect you. It'll reduce your rate. So where uh, I'm wondering if this will end up as the kind of preview clip, but where I think things will end up going is uh, the less mature, the companies that are comfortable calling into, let's use Dell as an example, right? Dell offers managed services. Uh, so the MSP community, once a year, somebody remembers that or sees it somewhere and everybody gets up in arms. It's like, oh, Dell's trying to compete with us now. The type of SMB that is buying services, looking at Dell versus the 15 person down the street local MSP, that there's not much overlap, right? You're not competing on mindshare there. I think we'll see the same thing in the insurance industry where these insurers that are providing the full package, including the security services, those type of SMBs are looking for the quick and easy versus the more mature SMBs that they want somebody down the street, they want to be able to work with the owner, right? It's the same ones that are competing with, uh, they're going to be, the insurance is going to be competing with kind of those national MSBs, right? Where you call in, you give an account number, that kind of thing. That guy, your, your customer, whenever I say you, the MSB, your customer down the street that loves being able to pick up and somebody knows his name, he's not going to go buy security services from the insurance company, right? He's going to come to you guys. He's going to come to another local MSP where they have that uh, that higher touch, the more personalized service. So I don't see it as a huge threat to the MSP industry. Uh, there's kind of that middle ground, but long term, there's always going to be that market of people that don't want to sit there and call Dell. They don't want to sit there and call AT and T. They don't want to have an account number. They want to call in and say, you know, hey, this is Bob from Bob's Widgets, and they go, oh, Bob, how's it going? You know, I remember you were out last week for you know your kid's graduation. So. I don't see it killing the MSP industry. It's that middle ground where there's going to be some major contention. This feels like another rendition of uh, auditors also being the people responsible for providing the security services. Yeah. So it's like, how can you attest that you're doing a good job? It's like self-high-fiving doesn't really accomplish anything. Right. Yeah, that part, uh, I have other major concerns there. Um, that That's not the part of the insurance industry that I'm going to be playing in, so to speak. I'm really big on the Separation of church and state, right? Um, Fox not watching the hen house. Uh, and then naturally, again, being an MSP owner, of course, uh, I'm selfishly, I have interest in keeping those two things separate. 
But uh, yeah, it's absolutely, uh, we've seen some of the big lawsuits around cyber insurance. You know, is this covered? Is it not covered? That kind of thing. Um, I will bet you in the next couple of years that uh, we'll see some kind of huge lawsuit come out of it. Of You know, they were providing these security services, something happened. And then through whatever it is that, you know, whether it's the security services failed, uh, a claim was denied, uh, coverage was not there. You know, there, there's so many complexities there. There's going to be some lawsuits uh, that effectively stem out of the insurance providing both sides of the house. How do we actually like eliminate this conflict of interest? And, you know, I guess the example that this person that wrote you that email gave was, oh, they're, they're clearly separate legal entities. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel um, good enough. So how do we actually eliminate this conflict of interest? Yeah, I, I don't see any way that the carriers on that level can be providing those services um, without, it's ultimately going to be a conflict of interest. I mean, unless you have fully separated businesses, and I don't mean just separate you know, legal entities, but fully, fully, fully separated. Like whenever some of these accounting firms mentioned earlier, right, have fully spun out the consulting wing, um, you just you can't sit there and say I'm both your carrier who has the authority to approve or deny claims, and then also we're gonna you know make sure that you don't have a claim. Like I, I don't know, you're smarter than me. I, I just can't figure out a way to make that work um, without you're gonna hit a conflict of interest at some point, and there's not a clean way to resolve it. In my mind, it's like you should be able. The, the statement that that should be true is you can't you can't be responsible for preventing the events you insured somebody against unless you're willing to pay out every claim right it's like yeah we'll pay out every claim if you use everything to the t it's like right oh all right we're in you'll never find a cyber insurance carrier that'll that'll make that statement yeah well and then even then there's going to be complexities because i mean that's on paper so the first chapter on your uh getting your insurance license is basically insurance always loses in court um i can't remember the exact term that they use for it. Um, but it's basically like information asymmetry, meaning one side knows substantially more than the other, right? Because you have to get licensed because you're a carrier. There's all sorts of regulations. Even a business buying from you does not fully understand this product. So that's where you see like, it's crazy. I've had a lot of carriers tell me if it's under a hundred thousand dollars, even if they know they have a bulletproof case, uh, they will just pay it out anyways, because it's not worth the effort of litigating when they're probably going to lose no matter what. Um, so where I'm going with that is like, even if they sat there and said, guess what, Connor, we're going to pay everything out. Something else is going to happen. Um, one thing that comes up a lot is it's called maxing out your limits. So say that you had a huge wire transfer thing because of phishing, right? Uh, not that you know anything about that, but, um, on a typical million dollar policy, your wire transfer fraud is going to be limited to a hundred thousand or $250,000. So, you know, my shiny million dollar policy Oops! I just had a three hundred thousand uh, dollar wire transfer. I'm only covered up to two fifty. So that's where real world. What you see a lot is people are like, "Oh, my claim was denied." Well, no, they've only paid out what was limited by insurance, or have. It's very rare these days. Um, but you know, maybe you don't have that wire transfer coverage. So they said, "Oh yeah, it's not covered." So then the the carrier can still sit there and go, "Hey man, we paid out all these claims, right?" But it was only the claims that actually were covered by the policy. So again, my point of that, it's way too complex to be able to make those kind of promises. Issues are going to arise. Um, and if you're providing the security services, it's just going to make that situation yeah. 10 times worse for everybody involved. 
Sublimits and carve-outs are a topic that uh, I'm not incredibly well-versed on, but I talk about with all of our MSP partners. To give you a very specific example that I hear all the time and heard a lot last year, our awareness training program stopped and we didn't know people weren't getting trained for six months in this client. Like, okay, does that client have a cyber insurance policy? Yes. Have you looked at the requirements for that and what they'll say is going to happen if it turns out you didn't do certain types of training during this time and that ended up leading to a breach like wire transfer? fraud or like getting fished? No, I haven't done that. It's like, well, every conversation I've had with MSPs led to the following conclusion. Oh, we would have been screwed. It's right. like, nothing's going to happen. The policy's yeah. not going to pay out because there's a sublimit that wouldn't cover it completely, or it's just flat out says, you need to be doing this, that penalty of we're not going to do anything for you. Right. Yeah. That's the, that's the, again, the nuances that the agents typically are doing kind of a bad job explaining that. So the person may not realize that you got you know, hard requirements related to that. Yeah. Um, and suddenly, you know, again, you're my running joke on that is when does your shiny $2 million policy become, you know, a 250 K policy? Well, because you got some limits on the, uh, wire transfer coverage. Yeah. I, I remember you, uh, uh, I remember you telling me it's like cyber insurance policies have gone from what's your revenue and do you have a heartbeat with no verification? Yeah. It's just like you put down, uh, yeah, my heartbeat's like 180 beats per minute. It's like, <laughs> whoa, whoa. They wouldn't even care. Uh, to like 32 pages of, do you use email? What email do you use? How often? Right. How many people? Is there MFA on it? It's like, yeah. do you have security? X, and it's like, use Defender. Give us the exact screenshots of the exact settings that you've turned on or off. And it's yeah. just like, it may not go that far, but I remember you, you basically yeah, it's saying. getting there. Um, the craziest part to me too is in a lot of cases, they're not... They're correlating the data, but they don't realize the implications of it because they're not cybersecurity folks. So I'll give you uh, one specific example. There was one carrier that came out. They did a bunch of analysis of email platforms uh, and then the spam filters in use. And they were like, cool, that it was uh, came back and they said, it's uh, you are most secure and we're going to give discounts if you're using Mimecast plus G Suite or whatever they're calling it this week. I don't. Google changes the name way too much, uh, which is awesome. Like it's data driven, you know rates. Well, my problem with that is I appreciate what they're doing because you take, you know, we talked about just that general SMB, the bar's really low. Cool. But that's where they stopped. So the gotcha on that is Mimecast has really high default settings out of the box. I see a lot of uh, my MSP, we work with law firms. We see people turn down the settings almost always, right? Um, Same thing. Google has high settings. 365 is not nearly as secure as I think it should be out of the box. So it's like if you have properly configured um, 365 plus really well configured, uh, say, Barracuda, right? What does that look like? So to me, it's okay. We look the, uh, and you're the math guy here. But tell me what the term is. But it's like, you know, they took that first set of the data. They didn't dig any deeper to see where those correlations are coming from. So it's like, yeah, the general public. But if we ask people, how do you have it configured? You know, do you have these things turned on? To suddenly that data present in a different way and give us different answers. Um, and that's where I think the industry struggles a lot. I understand they got to keep it simple, but there's some certain situations where it's almost like they're getting to bad decisions um, or they're, they're sim- the, they could get to better solutions um, if they would dig a little deeper in, on understanding the cybersecurity side. You, you bring up a really good point. It's also one that I bring, um, I bring up all the time around trying to understand if your awareness training is actually effective. There's a very popular book. It's a shorter read. I think it's like 200 pages. It's called How to Lie with Statistics. And the entire book just goes through 
the person who presents you with information that is configured, it's in a graph, it's in some graphical yeah. format, is doing so exactly for their benefit at the cost of yours. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's like if you want to optimize for a pretty graph or you want to optimize for a graph, having people leave looking at that, believing something, that's not a right. hard thing to do. You don't even need to do that maliciously. You don't even need to lie in the process. Yeah. You can make it say pretty much whatever you want. And that book kind of goes through all of that examples, the way the government does it, the way companies do it, the way graphics do it uh, traditionally. And it's really, I, it's why I also make this, I have a huge problem with the way Verizon's DBIR states yeah. some of their findings. It's like 86% of breaches involved humans. It's like, hold 100%, on. 100%, I would argue. <laughs> I'd argue 100 too. But <laughs> also, like the point is that, that we made in a previous episode, it's like, did we really just stop at the person who downloaded the malware? Yep. Let's go all the way back. Turtles to, all the way down. Yeah, turtles all the way down. Who wrote the poor code that didn't catch the bad attachment? Let's right. go find that person and blame them too. It's like everyone <laughs> gets the blame here. So interesting. Yep. So yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of that where um, I don't think it's selective, right? It's yeah. not. It's usually not. I don't think malicious. But, it doesn't uh, need to be one malicious. Of those things of just the 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 gap between the industry's understanding of cybersecurity. Um, versus, you know, what is being done, um, you know, you guys, the uh, incident response companies, the threat hunting companies, you know, the huntresses and black points out there um, is like, I'll tell you right now, uh, we're in the thick of, I'm going to date it when we actually recorded this. Uh, we're in the thick of the screen connect vulnerability, mm -hmm. right? Nobody on insurance has talked about that. We've been, the MSB industry, we've been heads down since uh, Monday, I think it was. Um, yep. This is a Friday. Uh, insurance still hasn't picked up on that. Um, there's, I, I take that back. There's one person that I know that uh, flagged it on the insurance side, and she does a lot of uh, cyber insurance for pharmaceutical companies. But yeah. other than that, I haven't heard a peep. And it's, they'll be talking you know, about it in two years. The companies that are getting hit, yeah. At 12 months, you know, this time next year, I'll be at a conference and be like, "Hey, Dustin, did you hear about the Screen Connect attack?" Because um, it's just, <laughs> again, it's a very think of from the other side of it, right? To their, to their credit their habits the human nature of it uh you know to steal your thing is they had insurance has had hundreds of years of you know shipping fire your property and stuff yes it's changed but not substantially not nearly at the rate that cyber changes right they have hundreds of years of established uh processes you know data things like that so it's a hard thing for to move from that one extreme to the other but uh we're still in the thick of uh the industry figuring it out I always come up with the question is like, what do you think changes faster? Floodplains and building materials or cyber? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the threats we faced Sunday night were not the threats we faced Monday morning. That's how quickly it can change. Yep. Yeah. So. Every one of these attacks, not every one of them, but a lot of them, it's like there's something, there's some new nuance to it, right? Uh, if you're insuring buildings, like you've probably seen that kind of fire before and it was like, oh, I wish they wouldn't have done this or like, oh yeah, that's an unpreventable kind of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, cyber is just a uh, new and different adventure every day. For folks who wanted to connect with you to learn a little bit more about cyber insurance, how would you suggest they do that? Uh, Dustin Bullender on LinkedIn. It's going to be the easiest spot to find me. Um, I got a couple different email addresses, so it depends on the day which one you'll catch me best on. But I am uh, i don't do social media at all except being addicted to LinkedIn. All right. Well, folks, uh, we'll have links to Dustin's uh, LinkedIn in the show notes. So feel free to connect with him and, uh, you know old man shakes fist at cloud about cyber insurance with him. For those tell you tell me how joke. bad cyber insurance sucks. I'm happy to have that conversation. 
Absolutely. Uh, Dustin, thanks for being here. It was a blast. Everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high-quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.